0: Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you today from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment should just shorten that and call the podcast NHTE. My guest today is right here in the studio with me. He has been for every episode so far. He is a producer, performer, engineer, mentor, songwriter, and owner slash operator of Crystal Blue Sound Studios. As you've been hearing on this track, he is one heck of a great guitar player and is someone that I am thrilled to call a friend. It's my great pleasure to have on this episode of NHTE. Mr. Dominic Pages. Good afternoon, Bruce. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, as always. Thank you for making the time to talk on the mic this time instead of everything that it is that you do over there at, at the controls.
1: Well, I'll make sure I get to your car afterwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so before we start, uh, listeners, here's the thing. This podcast is taking off. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. Well, it's, it's a lot of work, but I'm having fun. And most importantly, the guests and you, the listeners, are giving great feedback. And, and by the way, keep posting those reviews on iTunes because that, that actually really helps. Um, we're sitting here in March, and it's already as far out as late May that guests are being booked. So before this thing starts flying down the highway too fast, I thought it would be good to get in an episode where we're really direct about the educate part of, of the NHTE podcast being designed to, quote-unquote, educate and entertain. I know the previous guests and, and those that will follow are providing some content that you can pick things up from, uh, but we also wanted to promote their successes. Today, I want to dig down deep with Nick and really speak to the ham and eggers out there who are saying, yeah, the podcast is great and, and I'm motivated to go out and do a CD now. And I know some of you get discouraged and and think you can't because of the level you're at or or the financial commitment, and some of you are just jumping in with both feet. So I'm here to tell you Nick is going to give lots of insight to help you take the plunge and also help you with what you're out there doing performance-wise. So that being said, Nick, we have got a lot to talk about, but I want to dive right in on something, just because it speaks to the long list of titles I read off in your intro Um, So let's see, there was a producer, performer, engineer, mentor, songwriter, owner-operator of this beautiful studio that we're sitting in. You've been sitting at the console hearing all my previous interviews, and, and so many, if not all, of those guests are wearing numerous hats, too, like you are. Your band still plays, and I continue to marvel at your guitar skills. Why so many fires for your poker? Why not just running the studio?
1: Well, Bruce, I like to call it the new economy. Um, the way things are now, you really need to be versatile. Diversity is the key. And uh, I think a lot of musicians are starting to realize that. When we used to play back in the 70s and 80s, there were lots of clubs that you could play at, and you could have your, your one band together and stay busy. And now it's not like that anymore. It's uh, it's more musicians playing in several bands now. So I started to recognize this trend uh, about 10 years ago and decided that I needed to become more diversified. So uh, I started to take on some new things, and I discovered along the way that the diversity was actually improving my skills at creativity, and it was also opening me up to other endeavors.
0: And I know that you've even talked about... um You know that that it's okay you know a lot of these a lot of these guests you know will have you you always talk about having one thing that's kind of a go-to as a fixed income Uh, and I think I think what you've been implying when when you and I have had those conversations off air you know is that's what allows you to do these other ventures that that we're talking about yes
1: there's no question about it it's important to have some some kind of a financial base in place I didn't mean to rhyme that But, uh, but a, a lot of times it's good to get involved with other musicians Whether it be working at a, um, a you know store that sells music equipment Or writing blogs and things like this So you surround yourself with the other musicians And you get to know them And that's how opportunities seem to, to come to you So it's important that you try to get something that is permanent But you move fluently through the music community So that you can see what those opportunities are
0: at the same time, wearing so many hats, trying so many things can really wear you down physically, though. And, and if one or two of them aren't going so well, it can wear you down emotionally, too.
1: Oh, that's true. And you, and I think musicians find that out more and more as they get older, because you start when you start to diversify, your time starts to dwindle. So it's 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 very important that you take the time to balance your schedule. You know, um, I would be uh, even say that it's, it's which th- I should say it's fair to say that you're more effective in least amount of time with proper balance. So I think it's important that people realize, and musicians especially, that if you don't, if you if you burn the candle at both ends, your creativity seems to creep a little bit, and sometimes the music can become a chore and really and truly it's a privilege to play music
0: yeah and i know uh just the other day i had a phone call from a songwriter uh performer up in nashville and and you know she was calling me to to see about you know possibly booking her and and uh and, and you know and she said what you're describing you know she said that she works 24 7 and you know and i'm guilty of it myself i mean i'm a workaholic and uh you know i i I'm surprised that at this point there's not a big sign here in the studio that says balance, you know, because you always preach balance, you know, not, not only in, in, in what you're juggling musically, but, you know, to balance and have some personal time.
1: Boy, that's a good point. I may just post that up around mm-hmm. here so I could see it. Um, <laughs> balance is a funny thing. Um, the way society is today, everybody's multitasking, everybody's busy, you know, Um a lot of times they're too busy to take care of themselves and and if you're not doing the things you need to physically, emotionally, and spiritually, you seem to get out of balance and then what happens is your your focus kind of narrows and your creativity kinds of kind of dwindles and I'm not just talking about music creativity, I'm talking about music you know creativity in your life to to recognize that that's a true source of balance creativity itself and of course. You know proper nutrition, and uh, and I always like to say meditation is a very powerful tool when it comes to quieting the mind and and becoming more in the now.
0: And it's interesting that you referred to a new economy before, and uh, you know now you you just mentioned another another buzzword, which is uh, which is multitasking. So um, definitely the case. One thing that that is vital to you in the work that you do is preserving your ears because you're a sound man. I know that at one point you even started going to uh, in-ear monitors when you play live.
1: The ears. um, It's very important that you understand that there is no healing the ears when there's hearing loss. I uh, noticed about 10 or 15 years ago I started to have uh, frequency loss. And I also developed, uh, unfortunately, tinnitus, which is constant ringing of the ears, uh, I think early in my career, when I was playing a lot of shows, I wasn't taking care of my ears. In ear monitors were virtually not available, so we basically we basically listened to monitors blasting to try to get over the marshals and the cymbals, and consequently, you know, uh, the ringing got worse and worse. So I did go to In Ear monitors um, about five years ago to try to occlude some of the volume. So I encourage the listeners to take care of your ears, especially when you're young. And listen at safe levels, and I think it's important that you also consider taking care of your voice as well. Uh, a, a lot of excessive talking, not breathing properly, not staying you know hydrated. All of these things can lead to a lot of problems with the chords.
0: These are things that people should keep in mind, say, when they're getting ready to come into the studio to record, or they're about to have a gig, or are you saying, no, if you're someone who sings, these are things you need to keep in mind on a daily basis.
1: There's no question about it. It, has not, it really has nothing to do whether you're gigging or going to the studio. If it's your instrument, you need to take good care of it. You need to understand the proper technique. You need to understand when your voice is tired, when your voice is dry, Uh, and and tend to it on a regular basis and i can't emphasize how important although i don't practice it it is to actually do a lot of vocal exercises on your own a lot of breathing techniques and there's dozens of places you can go online and get audio material to guide you through this so it's very important that you continue to do that or else you're going to pay the consequences later on Mm. uh
0: I, i know you consider yourself a lucky man in that uh, you get to help people to to use a, a Nick Pages expression, you help to you get to, you get to help people realize their dreams, and and that might sound cliche though. So so tell the listeners what I'm getting at with that.
1: Well, it can be a little cliche, but it's it's the truth. I mean, for me, it really gets my juices flowing when I can help others and show them a way. Uh, I like to create maps for them, road maps to where they want to go. And, and I always try to give them options. In other words, I, I never give anybody one set of instructions to get from one place to another. It's just, you can do this, or you can do this, but this is this. Because really and truly, an artist should follow their heart, or a musician should follow their heart. If you want to get somewhere... That should be your destination, but you should examine the different types of avenues and roads that you can take to do that. So it's important that you um, recognize um, that how important it is to serve others as well. I've, I've been fortunate here. At Crystal Blue to um, assist other types of artists that were realizing, trying to realize dreams. One of them, Wills Belton, a, f- a local dentist, yeah. that was actually. Uh, a yeah,
0: non traditional type artists.
1: Absolutely. And uh, Wills came to me uh, in. 2005 and said hey i got a song i'd like as to do. a
0: fu- excuse me for interrupting as a fully practicing dentist he came to you
1: absolutely yes um, as a matter of fact i originally met him pl- i played at his wedding
0: oh no kidding <laughs> my
1: band played at his wedding
0: uh,
1: like 12 years prior wow and we kept running into each other him and his wife kathy and uh, the next thing you know he approached me and says hey nick where can i get a recording done at and i said "Bill, no, it's funny you say that because uh, i have a recording studio <laughs> and one thing led to another and uh he came in and you know he needed some coaching but it was it was amazing to watch him grow during that first cd and lo and behold now he has three that have produced
0: wow. wow and 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 there you go uh listeners rewarding for nick to to help a, a guy who's a dentist, and, and as far as I know, Nick is uh, still practicing to this day, right? Uh, uh, helping him realize his dream that, you know what, it, you know, the dental field is great, but I just have this dream, I just want to record some music, and, and as you just said, lo and behold, three CDs later. So that that's great.
1: You're right. It's about following your heart and, uh, and recognizing that whatever
0: you want is within your grasp if you're willing
1: to work for it.
0: So talk about how you handle clients in terms of them being ready to come in the studio especially since some of them are either and you just mentioned wills belton you know they're either coming in to a studio for the first time or they're coming here straight from school or from work or they're coming here straight from a a disagreement with a family member or a friend
1: oh boy well i can certainly relate to all of those situations what I always do, and it's a kind of a, a rule here, is I always have a, a, a consultation, and that's a, that's just to see if it's a good fit. So, so when we're sitting here, discussing, you know, um, a potential project. It's not so much about the project, is it? Is it is it about the person, the people that are working together? Because mm-hmm. there's a chemistry that goes into recording sure, and creating. Sure and it's important to see that you're on the same page and what i try to pick up from them is what energy they have you know and lo and behold everybody might agree with this but every musician has some insecurities (laughs) you know no matter what level they're at they're there and i try to try to you know get to the bottom of those so i can know how to deal with those types of musicians And and what i try to do is teach them the process and give them the options right from the get-go to see if it's a good fit. And then I'll tell them to just, you know, get back with me after that. And, you know, and then we discuss, we'll go into then preparing for the session.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, you know, that's an important step because you mentioned that the chemistry is necessary. Uh, and and sometimes I, I think people don't realize in an environment like that, you know, you, Nick Pages, the owner of the studio, is interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. They're coming here to check out the studio, um, but you know, unbeknownst to them, most likely, like you just explained, you're, you're trying to see where they're coming from, and if it is going to be a good fit for you, just as much as they're trying to see, is, is this going to be the place that I want to do my recording?
1: That's very true, Bruce, because, you know, that's the difference between a project studio and a commercial studio. I mean, a commercial studio, you're pretty much going to record anyone that comes through the door, where with a project studio, you can be a little more discerning about who you want to work with. And uh, not that I shut the doors on a lot of people, but I really, for their benefit and my own, I try to make sure that we're geared for success. And and I would say 99% of the time when we do a project here, the clients are are happy and, and they leave usually with what they expected or more and an education of the process and understanding of the proper mindset that's required to get creativity on to the disc.
0: And the proper mindset, you're talking about both, uh, again, that initial consultation that we talked about, but also uh, I talked about coming from work, coming from school, coming from a disagreement. So you're also referring to the proper mindset when they're coming in here for their first session.
1: Well, definitely. For the first session, first of all, I try to create an environment, being that I've been on both sides of the glass, so to speak. (laughs) uh, I try to create an environment that's calming okay, and relaxing. Um, It's important that you are relaxed, just like a pro athlete needs to be relaxed when they're performing. It's the same thing with musicians. So you, you need peace of mind, and you need to check your ego at the door and make sure that you're in a position to be as creative and receptive as possible. A lot of times I'll ask my clients, are you willing to let your songs grow?
0: Uh-huh. And
1: what I mean by that are you willing are you open for some suggestions and things like that? Cuz some artists are and some car- artists aren't. So you need to make sure that when you come in that you you have an idea of, you know, who you want to produce, what you want to get done and you and you certainly want to make sure that you're in the, in the proper mindset to to do this and, and uh we have a lot of suggestions around here we try to to do uh, before sessions, and some of them are you know in regards to what they did the night before um as far as what you eat and meditation things of that nature
0: yeah, because I know that you've even spoken about the fact that you know if if they do come in in the wrong mindset if they're if they're coming in I'll keep using the same example from a disagreement with somebody that that negativity will actually come through on the recording so.
1: That's correct, Bruce. And, you know, all I do as an audio engineer, by the way, is record energy, you know, vibrations. Vibrations are what I record. Uh, When you strum a guitar, you're recording vibration. When you sing a vocal, it's vibrating. But the intangible element is human vibration, which means whatever your energy is, is what ends up on that CD. It's wow. an intangible thing. You wow. can almost feel it uh, sometimes. I mean, it can go either way depending on the content of the song. But I've always said that good music that is lasting is not listened to, it's felt. Wow. That you can feel the vibration, you can feel the emotions, and you can feel the the uh, the genuine delivery of those songs. Those are the ones that have a long-lasting effect on you. So it's important for musicians to understand that before they go into the recording studio so that they'll get the emotion they're wanting to get onto the track.
0: That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, I am Bruce Warzniak and joining me here in the studio today is Dominic Pages, who owns and operates this great facility, Crystal Blue Sound Studios. Uh, in addition to serving in a long line of other roles, check out the studio's website at www.cbpro.net. And check out the band on Reverb Nation, uh, Nick's band, Crystal Blue. That's ReverbNation.com slash Crystal Blue. Make sure you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R. And sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Let's get some love for Now Hear This on social media, too. That would be really cool to do. Uh, There are buttons to make it convenient on nowhearThis.biz, so you can easily just click over to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook uh, or become a Twitter follower. Um, I suggested on the last podcast that... um, we should try to start getting some posts or some tweets uh where, where we get some momentum going for hashtag nhte to be uh for whatever you're putting online uh, about the podcast i've been trying to practice what i preach and do that myself um nick what's with the crystal blue names i just mentioned uh, the, <laughs> the band the studio was was crystal blue persuasion your all-time favorite song or something
1: <laughs> well not quite I, although i do love the song quite a bit um you know Names for bands are funny. It's it's a very difficult process. I I ended up with like fifteen or twenty scribbled on some paper, <laughs> and I wanted to really do uh, some beachy type gigs when I first started to perform. BG? Yes, BG? beachy yeah. as in the, the West Coast and East Coast. You know, they they seem to be the most relaxing, and I wanted to find the name that would fit that. Although we didn't really do calypso or anything like that, <laughs> we didn't do a lot of beach music, but it was classic rock and a lot of favorites. And I just liked the way Crystal Blue sounded. It just had that ring to it. And it, coincidentally, it was uh, a big hit in 1969. I don't know if you know it or not, but it was number two to the Rolling Stones' Honky Tonk Woman. Wow! And by the way, 1969 is the, my favorite year of all time in music. Uh, it was the year Woodstock. It was the last year that uh, the Beatles were together uh it it was just a tremendous year we put a man on the moon in 1969 and everything just changed Uh, the culture at the time was uh was wonderful and crystal blue just felt right and here it still
0: is and so uh from the category of chicken and egg so crystal blue uh the band uh the band name came before crystal blue the studio
1: Yes, it did. Actually, the original name for Crystal Blue was Second Chance. The uh, band.
0: Crystal Blue, the band.
1: The band. Uh-huh. Was, it was actually Second Chance. It was just a duo at the time. And um, it was just one of those things that um, felt right for the band. You know, uh, Second Chance was because I'd given up music early in my career, depending on others. It's another good lesson uh-huh. to be learned there, too. You really need to learn to be somewhat self-reliant and not depend too much on others. And that's another subject you could always uh, <laughs> preach about there, Bruce, because it's important to know that when you rehearse with a band for a long time and and, and you lose a key member, it can be uh, a major setback. Mm-hmm. So you have to be somewhat reliant. I think the community now is starting to do that, not to wander off from the subject. But yeah, it was Crystal Blue originally. Um, it's
0: funny because Second Chance, you would think that that would be kind of the second incarnation of the band is well we were crystal blue and then we lost somebody so we're gonna give the band a second chance after all and we're gonna and lo and behold it was it was flip flopped.
1: It was the other way around I was getting us I was giving music a second chance to to, to capture see. me and it did and I, I see. I've been at its hold for quite some time.
0: Wow, wow. That's cool. Uh I do know this though. Clearly uh the Beatles had had to have been your all time favorite band, yes? Yes, I
1: know. I, and a lot. So many people say that, but it but it really changed the game for me at a very early age. I, I actually witnessed the 1964 performance um, live on the black and white console, and it was just so um, amazing the, uh, to Ed me. On the Ed Sullivan Show, mm-hmm. excuse me, uh, and it was just so amazing to uh, to see that. And I said, "That's what I want to do." Wow! And um, it just started out with. You know, my uh, uncle bought me a drum set, and I kept the neighborhood awake every night. In an apartment building in New York, they were banging on the steam pipes. And then my sister got a guitar, and I confiscated it. And, and I taught myself to play all those instruments. But yes, the Beatles were the beginning of it. And you can I still use some of their influences today.
0: Well, know, and, I, uh, and for those that have the pleasure of getting to go see uh, Crystal Blue perform live, uh, the band, uh, you always have you always have a, a small handful of, of Beatles songs uh, in, in your set uh, every every night every
1: time we oh, Well, we love the Beatles, and uh, we have a, a lot of good harmony in our band. You know, we're three, vo- three, three or four vocalists actually, and uh, we just love to play Beatles songs. They make us feel good, and people love them, so we'll continue to do that.
0: Now, out of all the hats you wear, I think I left out still even one more because you've gotten yourself really immersed in the community over the years here in the greater tampa bay area too um i'm gonna say is that right i know it is but but just to elaborate on that because i like i said i read off this whole list of things um you know that that you're doing but uh it's it's definitely worth mentioning what you've been doing out in in this area
1: well, I'd like to say that I stumbled into this situation, but I don't believe you stumble into anything in life. Um, back in 1995-96, I, I was given an opportunity to play a local festival for a, co- for a, for a church mm-hmm. here. And uh, as I went to perform, we got canceled because we ran out of time. And mm. I had noticed that the uh, the sound engineers were kind of asleep at the wheel, if you would. <laughs> you know, they didn't really know what they were doing. And I mentioned that you know I'd be glad to help out next year, you know, because I thought I could help them, and that kind of segued into working with churches. Uh, I currently work with some churches locally now as an audio director, and, cons- and I do consultations and things of that nature. It's just a way for me to to give back to the community because they they've given so much to me, and I, I feel that I'm. Uh, you should use the position I'm in to to be of service because that's what really makes me tick.
0: And I know. Um uh, for the listeners who are nowhere near uh, our local area, uh, Tampa, Florida, there's a uh, tremendous facility here, the Moffitt Cancer Center, and I know that uh, you even recently did a, an event. Is that what it was? An event that that they were doing?
1: Yes, it was very interesting. They uh, they had a the three year event. I've, I've done it for three years now. It was mm. called Moffitt Makes Music, and uh, it's the employees of the hospital were were all called together to. The musician ones to, to perform and we uh, did some concerts here around the area and I, I supported them and, and did sound for them and helped them organize those events.
0: That's interesting I didn't I didn't know that you've done it for for three years I thought this uh, latest one was was the first and only. Uh, now um, speaking of having an eye toward the community as if everything that we've talked about so far wasn't enough you are launching a really cool new initiative here at the studio aimed actually not not only at, at west central florida here uh what i like to call the greater tampa bay area but central florida too tell tell the listeners what that is
1: well my latest endeavor my latest endeavor excuse me is called abbey ridge live um what i'm trying to do with abbey ridge is invigorate the central florida original music scene that's um uh, I hate to use the word floundering, but it has been in bad, in dire straits for the last few years. It's nothing like some of the other cities. Uh, uh, So I, I wanted to start a grassroots type movement to showcasing bands, you know, with an online in studio concert series where I feature different artists and try to mix and match the genre so that kind of, we can kind of encourage the community to help one another as opposed to this dog-eat-dog mentality that's out there sometimes between musicians. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and I read uh, an article on your website in researching for this interview that um, Abbey Ridge Live, it's kind of described as a cross between a house concert and uh, what you see on Palladia uh, with Daryl's house.
1: I fell in love with Palladia's you know, uh, Daryl's house. I fell in love with that show because it was just a great way for musicians to share each other's music. And although we're not going to do that in the beginning, we, we do plan on doing some collaborations like that. But it's just, uh, it just was a, a wonderful, intimate setting, and that's why we like to have a few select guests sit in with us so they can see get right on top of the musicians and see literally what it's like to be on stage with them.
0: But also, at the same time, one element that Abbey Ridge Live has that uh, Daryl's house does not is uh, a small, intimate little audience. People that get to come here and actually watch it be filmed live.
1: I think that's important because I think that the musicians like that, too, because they can really get connected. The musicians like it and, and, and the people that are here can see what it's like on stage up and close and see what it's like to be on stage, if you would so we're we're excited about uh that concept
0: yeah and there's a difference um between performing just to the camera versus feeling like you're performing to some people because there is a small audience there that, that you can play to and, and almost kind of disregard the camera so to speak
1: that's a good point you know and i really hadn't considered that <laughs> so of course now here this is always uh, one step ahead of everything but uh yeah, that, that's that's very true. I mean, you you would think it would be make them more relaxed. It's because sometimes in a studio environment, things can be a little sterile, yeah. which is another subject uh, <laughs> you could always hit on. Uh, the difference between live performance and uh, and studio performance is quite different. And who knows, you may hit on this knowing you. But um, so I would say that uh, it's definitely beneficial to have people in the room when we're doing Abbey Ridge.
0: Yeah, and I know um, that you have mentioned that. You're really hoping hoping as I said to, to tie this in all throughout, you know, as as far reaching as, as over to Orlando. Um so obviously, uh best of luck with Abbey Ridge Live. That will be available. Uh there's a um crystal blue sound studios youtube channel correct that's that's being set up where people will be able to see this show once the episodes start going up online
1: that's correct we should we should be within 30 days of uh the first episode now
0: and this will be uh monthly
1: a monthly a monthly series uh with some um special events Mm -hmm, mm-hmm
0: Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is never assume. Ask if you can put out a tip jar. Ask if you can play some original songs or if they just want covers. Ask what happens if there's rain that day. Again, never assume and that is today's bruce's bonus um well so let's yeah let's let's shift over a little bit to to live performances um maybe not in an environment like abbey ridge live but being out on a friday or saturday night on stage like like crystal blue so often is i always say that you and i'm talking about you specifically nick pages that, that you make it look easy up there you know i i, I love listeners I, I i wish that the listeners that are not in town could be here in town to see crystal blue perform live because you know even though um you know i've seen them one or ten or a hundred times it just never gets old with me i just love watching these guys they're they're great, but. You know, you make it look easy. There's no music stand in front of you. The, the, the lyrics and the chords are, are memorized for four hours worth of music. You know, as, as I like to say, you're on autopilot.
1: <laughs> that, yes, that's true. And thank you for those kind words. Um, you know, it takes a while to get to that level. You know, you, you have to. You have, it's all about reps. OK, you have to get out there and play. You know, you have to get out there and play and play and play. And after a while, you know, we have a saying in the business. Don't think about it. You know, when you're on stage, you you don't think about, you know, any potential things you might forget. or It's all there. It's always all available. You know, um, even songs that we don't play for over six months to a year, we'll play them, and we all say, remember, don't think about it. And and they always seem to show up, you know. So um, what I would suggest is just to continue to play a lot. And, you know, when you play with the same people a long time, it's also good because you can anticipate each other. Mm. You know, I mean, we don't even look at each other you know to close a song anymore. We feel it. Wow. You know, so uh, it's it's all about feel and knowing the tendencies of each other.
0: And actually, that that reminds me of of a recent Crystal Blue show that I came to see. And during one of your breaks, I asked you, "How do the four of you? I can't even remember what the song is, but but the song." Stops and then there's like a short. You don't even hear the drummer counting it out, and everybody comes in at the same time. And I was I was amazed at that because I sat and watched and said, "How did they know?"
1: You know, we did a little experiment with that once because it, it's we we um we don't know how we do that either. <laughs> you know, when musicians' energy becomes one, this is why the jazz cats always have this improv, improvisation. We did an experiment to just see how long everybody just don't don't come back at the same time one time just to don't come back into the song on a break at the same time and we still all came back at the same place wow wow so it's just it was just like an energy thing we stop and then boom the key to that is is always be a, a second behind when you hear something It's a little microsecond behind never you never the only one that should be in front on a break is the drummer because <laughs> right? everybody's a little bit
0: behind but most of the time, it's it's just something that you
1: know that happens within the energy of the band.
0: But now, when you're talking about getting the reps, I, I'm I'm saying this as a question. There is a difference, though, right? Between you're talking about actually getting out and playing gigs, because somebody could say, "Well, I'm listening to this guy here that Bruce is interviewing, and I, you know, I get reps in my house every day. I sit there and I practice all my songs. I, I've got a little room where I go and do my music. I get my reps."
1: That's a good point, and I, I can tell you right now. The tightness of a band doesn't happen in a room, you know. In a room, first of all, there's a proper way to rehearse, and there's an improper way to rehearse. There's different ways to rehearse. Where you get tight is on the road playing the gigs. That's where things happen. That's where things become tight. You know, what happens in a lot of times when you're in a rehearsal situation is you go through songs, but you don't break them down. You know, you don't break down songs, especially young bands. When you have a rehearsal, you should be working on a verse. And getting everything to coincide within a verse, go through a verse and see what the elements are to tighten it up. And then move to a chorus. Have vocal rehearsals, things of that nature. And that's what you should be doing when you're rehearsing. But the real tightness happens on the road. That's where you get your reps.
0: Just real quickly, just dive into that just a little bit for me, if you don't mind. On when you say, uh, you know, that they should that they should focus just solely on a verse and. and you're saying they should rehearse it. Explain. What, explain what you mean when you say focus on a verse. Well,
1: a lot of times when you're playing, you're not focused to, to how the music fits together, how the how the elements that are, you're playing fit together. Okay, so in other words, if there's a if there's a drum pattern going on and the bass player is not locked in with the, the drum pattern and the pianist is not locked in, if you play the whole song, it kind of remains that way. Mm. Okay, so if you sit down and you and you break down the parts, then you can discuss what you're going to do. So that you can have a good full sound, not be too busy. You've got to be; those four and five instruments have to become one, so that the vocalist is what what sticks out. and And that isn't going to happen when you play songs from the beginning to the end uh, all the time, you know. So it's good to break down pieces. And after a while, you won't have to do that anymore. You'll kind of understand what everybody's playing.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, you know, you have, for all intents and purposes performed for decades as as anything but a solo act I mean you mentioned that initially uh, crystal blue or second chance as, as it was known was was a duo act so in a duo a trio a full band uh, one thing there though is is you're dealing with with other personalities maybe other egos uh, people's schedules availability how can a band, I'm going to say harmonized together, but in a non-musical sense, so that they can thrive for years and years. I mean, heck, look at look at Rush. You know, they're they're in their 40th year here in 2014. And okay, other other than you know John Rutsey playing drums on their first album, it has pretty much been Geddy, Alex, and Neil all that time. So as someone that plays in a band and has for years and years and years, Crystal Blue has been, I think, 23 years now, what advice do you have for the listeners that aren't solo acts so that they can peacefully coexist for the long haul?
1: Number one is patience, okay? It takes time to find the right people, okay? Um, There's so many things to consider other than musical talent when you're choosing members to play with. Okay, it starts with talent. You want someone that's talented, but you also want to have somebody that you mesh with. You know, you want the chemistry to be good. You you need to make sure that you don't have any kind of domestic issues coming in, or uh, you know, uh, you want you want reliable people that are professional. And and what you want to do in those situations is just be patient so you find the right people that you can rely on. In today's music scene. You know, there's a lot of interchangeable parts. That's how Crystal Blue was kind of formed, you know. We had 10 versions. I mean, this this is (laughs) 10.0 now. I quit counting. But there was always a key key member that would leave. And and I was always in a position of having to somehow... Upstage what we just came from because it's always a down when you lose a, when you lose a key member in a band and your fans come out to see you it's always it feels like a letdown to them because mm-hmm. they're so used to something so you have to have something that's better Wow so to speak wow. or different mm-hmm. okay so that's the co- that's the combination that I used either I, I I did something that was better or different and so you kind of kind of reinvent yourself and then after a while you'll find when you get the right group of people you communicate better you know you start to respect one another and i think that's really the key is is become what you want to attract when it comes to musicians make sure you look in the mirror
0: yeah because i was going to say in reinventing yourself you know you're you're trying to get better but at the same time like you said you're still doing other work it's okay well we're going to try something different we're going to get a, a fiddle player but then at the same time it still comes down to but it has to be a fiddle player that we get along with, that we all have chemistry with. We can't just do it for the sake of saying, this will be kind of different. Let's see how our fans like it. There's still the, the the element of and And, you know, look at when when Crystal Blue plays, you know, I come and see Crystal Blue play a lot. And you guys take a break and you, and you sit together. You know, one guy walks off his wife is here or one person walks away because they've got a big party of 10 that all came out to see them. But... By and large, I mean, you know, that tells me that that Crystal Blue has some real cohesion that you guys are up there for hours playing, and uh, not to mention, and and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but, you know, the, the setup and the teardown and everything, but even on your breaks, you guys are still sitting together.
1: Well, you know, there's a great opportunity when you have a band of brothers, is what we call ourselves, and the camaraderie is unbelievable, because you become brothers, you know, when you're in that situation, and you're making music together, and you're in such a great place that you respect each other, you never get into an uncomfortable position anymore. It may be moments, not days, you know, like musicians usually fight for years in some cases, or never, forever. And and sometimes you'll regret that. I'm sure that John Lennon and Paul McCartney regretted that before John, Pat. well, not John now, but regretted that they didn't, you know, patch things up and do a little more music. So... It's worth the wait. It's worth to have the patience to find the right people so that you can enjoy these gigs and still enjoy each other's company and actually care about each other.
0: Well, and not to mention that you know certainly. And uh, in, in earlier in the in the podcast, we talked about you know negativity will will bleed through onto a recording. If there's negativity within the band to the point where when you take a break, everybody goes in four separate directions. Well, then something tells me that when you are up there playing. It's probably not at a hundred percent because somebody somewhere has got some little something rattling around in their head that they're not happy with about this guy, and it has nothing to do with music. And and again, it's you know, it's gonna bleed through to to some extent. And that band won't last too long.
1: You're exactly right. There's nothing that destroys a Crowd or an audience more than negative energy. I mean, you could be playing a hot Stevie Ray Vaughan song, playing it key for note for note. I mean, brilliantly. If you're, if, but if somebody has an attitude, people can feel it, mm-hmm. and it's a turnoff. People are there to feel good and enjoy music, you know. And if we're beings of energy, as you know, I always say, you're going to pick that energy up. Wow. And I've been on both sides of that, you know. I've been on stages that had negative energy. I've been the source of negativity sometimes. <laughs> you have to sometimes be negative to learn not to be negative mm. and uh, and catch yourself, you know, because you are human. So that's a great point that you bring up. and it's, And it's extremely important that when you're a musician in a band that when you come up and hit that stage regardless of what the, the the situation is with your band that you're there for the people that are come out to see you it's a privilege again it's not a chore
0: mm. i'm bruce Warzniak and joining me here in the studio today is dominic pages who owns and operates this great facility crystal blue sound studios where nhte is recorded every week Uh, In addition to serving in a long line of other roles that he does, check out the studio's website at www.cbpro.net and check out the band on Reverb Nation. Uh, They are at reverbnation.com slash crystalblue. Make sure you are also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. And now is where I'm required to say for the spelling challenge. It's kind of become a habit. Uh, sign up for the e-newsletter there on nowhearthis.biz and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Um, I've talked uh, recently, including earlier on this podcast, about um, Now Hear This on social media. You'll find buttons on the top right of nowhearthis.biz where you can easily click over to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook uh, and or become a Twitter follower. And I've been suggesting that we try to get some posts or or tweets or both uh, with with build some momentum for hashtag NHTE for whatever you're putting online about the podcast. So um, let's try that. It'd be cool. Uh, Nick, you do something cool. You've got uh, Crystal Blue, which will play all over town. But then when bookings come in for corporate gigs and weddings, you morph into Champagne Jam, Uh, What's the difference between Crystal Blue and Champagne Jam, and, and why do you need separate entities like that?
1: Well I think all musicians should have multiple entities because it gives you more opportunities to perform the crystal blue concept at first was a duo then a trio then a four piece and a five piece and up to eight pieces Wow and we just found that uh, I, I just found that having a female on the front of a corporate event was a, a benefit we could do it all then so basically champagne jam is crystal blue with a female vocalist okay so when we uh, perform, and the repertoire is quite a bit different, too. Mm-hmm. We, we mm-hmm. cater towards the more danceable type of stuff. And and uh, it, it's kept us busy, you know, uh, from a small room to a large room to the corporate, you know, arena. So uh, it's beneficial to to offer yourself and your talent in a lot of different configurations if you want to stay busy.
0: Yeah, and you also mentioned before that Crystal Blue was really kind of founded on the principle of Let's be perhaps more of a beach type uh, band, so to speak, and that's not what people are looking to hire for their wedding.
1: That's a good point. You know, when when, when there's a wedding, they, the people want to dance, and they want to they want to slow dance, they want to fast, they want fast songs. You just have to be in a position that you're able to read a crowd because every wedding and corporate event's a little different. I've seen corporate events that go on with two-hour dinners and three-hour speeches, and people are exhausted at the mm-hmm. end. So, the music is irrelevant at that point. So, you got to be able to, to stomach a few of those. But in, for the most part, you really need to be aware of of what you need as far as your your set list is concerned.
0: And listeners, um, you know, take take a lesson from from Crystal Blue and from Champagne Jam because. One thing that I always talk to uh, potential clients about that are looking at Now Hear This is that uh, Now Hear This will do a number of ser- services, but one of them is is helping with song selection and, and helping with wardrobe selection. And Crystal Blue looks literally looks to the naked eye a lot different than Champagne Jam does because they are conscious of their wardrobe selection. They're going out to play a corporate event. They're going out to play a wedding. You know what, guys? We're getting dressed up for this one. We're all going to uh, i mean i don't know if 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 you go so far as to wear um ties i don't i don't think you do i don't recall if we the-
1: have yes we we have we've worn ties we've worn tuxedo- tuxedos uh there's a couple of members in the band that are not crazy about that but uh,
0: <laughs> yeah but it's very formal attire jackets that's correct and yeah.
1: uh and you got to remember when you're out there performing you have their eyes okay so take advantage of that you want to look good up there you know um Music is no longer a primary activity. You know, uh, we used to listen to albums and stuff in the sixties and seventies, and get together and remember, what are you doing tomorrow? Let's listen to some music. That was a <laughs> that was an event. Now uh-huh. it's just passive. Wow. It's very passive now. You're exercising while you listen to music. You're usually in a car. And you listen to music. You really need their eyes.
0: So if you have their eyes, you should look your best. Well said. Well said. Uh, so describe a typical day, uh, you know, when, when there's a gig booked at night, you know, um, playing for say three or, or four hours somewhere on a Friday or Saturday night. Well,
1: you, what you want to start off, what I usually try to do is make sure I have a light day before, you know, uh, that's not always possible if you're working a gig and also depends on your age. But if you, if you are, if you are, um, make sure you have a light day and, uh, and then it's, then it comes time to load the trailer. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, hook it up to the truck and bring it over to the gig I, I would say uh, uh, an entire gig takes me about eight hours oh gosh that's correct usually I, th- I it,
0: thought I, I thought I asked you about playing three or four hours somewhere and you're telling me it's eight Playing's only half of the time
1: the other the other half of the the other four hours are travel time set up tear down so it's not all um, you know it's it's not as glamorous as one would seem one would think it is you know uh, in between you know before before the gig and after the gig so I think you need to realize that it, there is some work involved
0: well and that's uh, that sounds to me like that's a prime opportunity for some of that negative energy to creep in for people to say uh come on let me sit this one out I, I unload the trailer every time and I'll well what do, we mean, what do you mean why do you get tonight off and
1: it's a good source for band arguments <laughs> you know uh everybody has a different view of tear down you know uh there's some people like to get right to it some people like to wind down some people like their cables you know uh fold it up the proper way you know tied off and so it's important i think it's important that you go with the right mindset and understand that you, it's nothing new you understand there's a there's a setup and there's tear down so why fight it you know just kind of go with it and have meetings if, if it's important uh, to you. Uh, what the procedure is, and come to a, a decision on how that's going to take place. And once again, you have to realize that once it becomes a chore, you're not you're not in the zone. You're really not enjoying it. So it's not a chore. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to play. So keep that in mind. Uh, you know, a good mindset is going to lead to a good gig, good performance.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's a very helpful tip. Uh I know, though, that <laughs> despite everything we just talked about, in the end, you you still I can tell when I watch you, you still end up having a good time when you're up there playing with the band.
1: Yes, I do. Uh, it's a, it's it's being free, you know. Uh, it's being free and being able to, like I said earlier in the show, it's it's an opportunity to become one. The four members become one and 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 express yourselves with your favorite music and. And, and it's a, it's an important part of our society. People want to be entertained on the weekends. They want to laugh. They want to they want to remember songs. So it's I think that you need to go and and do your job and with your heart. And you'll start to recognize that it's you, you got into music because you love it, and you never really stop loving it. You know, you just sometimes convince yourself that you do, but you never stop loving it. Uh, usually when you're in a position where you think it's a chore, it's because you're unbalanced. Mm. So that's the key word. If you stay balanced, you won't have to worry too much about being in a chore scenario as opposed to a privilege.
0: Well, plus I know that you, you often talk about a, a, a service that the studio provides that's really unadvertised. And, and you always talk about that music is therapeutic. And I'm sure that's what you're getting at in terms of why you do end up enjoying playing and, and when you see the, the, the people responding to it. The music is therapeutic. In other words, you just described these people are working all week and they want to go out on a Friday night and, and they want to be entertained. They want to have a good time. And, and, and there you go. So so what do they do? They said, let's go see Crystal Blue play. Why? Because the music is therapeutic. Any music is.
1: It really is. I mean, you know, um, music is healing. Music is a healing thing. Um there's just something that touches your heart and your soul. That uh, when you hear a song and it touches you, the world goes away. You know, it's a, it's a much better alternative than, you know, uh, drinking or drugs or anything like that. Um, it's just something that I can't really put it into words. I guess it's just the, uh, 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 an inner joy that heals you, whether it be physically, spiritually, or mentally.
0: Um, Nick, you have judged singing competitions and and run sound during them also and obviously it goes without saying that that you see lots of people come through your studio all the time just talk a little bit about the people who say oh i've never had a lesson it's it's just god given talent
1: well there is a difference between god given <laughs> talent and and a lesson um you know there's just some people that are genetically born to sing they've got it they've got the juice right from the get go and uh and I can always find that. I can always see that right away. I'm sure as you can. There's just the way they carry themselves on stage, the way they uh, they emote. Uh, they're just there's just a big difference between a natural musician and one that's been trained. Not that a trained musician cannot be a great musician, but a natural musician it comes easy. You know, uh, so I don't, I don't know how else to elaborate on the difference between the two. It's just something that you're born with and you're blessed.
0: Well, but uh, as someone that runs Crystal Blue Sound Studios, how do you handle the people that come in with that statement? Hey, I've never had a lesson; it's just a God-given mm-hmm. talent, and 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 they say it more from the standpoint of of they've got a chip on their shoulder.
1: Hmm, that's a good point because it does come with some of some of that sometimes, I'm, I think um, the way I deal with it is I just allow it to be whatever it is, and acceptance and. And try to point out that, um, you know, it's that it is a gift to be a natural singer and that you should honor that by being a good person.
0: Yeah, and one, you know, one tip that I always give to very young singers is to make sure they get themselves into competitions that have judges who know what they're listening for, not, not judges who are paid sponsors of the event and they're just going to say something nice about everybody because otherwise all you're doing is you're being told by, and granted, it's people who love you, but they're just telling you how great you are, and so you go around thinking that, well, I'm this great singer and it must be God-given talent, and in fact, you, know, you need a, a, an unbiased third opinion, a critical ear um you know to to tell you otherwise um nick some some closing thoughts as we wrap this up uh maybe i'm thinking you you might want to uh perhaps give some resources that uh, the listeners can consider
1: well i think first of all the most important thing is to educate yourself you know there's a lot of good information in music forums online educate yourself not just about the craft but the you know the equipment that's available um you know, different types of techniques to keep your playing in shape. Um, you know, it's it's like anything else. If you It's a, it's a craft. It needs to be, you know, uh, it needs to be a regular part of a routine. If you're a guitar player, you should be playing guitar several hours a day and, and learning everything there is to learn about it. <clears throat> a couple of other things you can do is take care of your health. Your health is really important for creativity you know uh with nutrition exercise and meditation it will put you in the best position to possibly be in to be creative and to let your music music and your instrument flow naturally that way as a force to as opposed to having to force it out
0: well this has been great very enlightening and uh, certainly a lot here that i know that the listeners will (laughs) digest and then uh maybe uh sleep on for for a night or two um certainly a wealth of information here in in this podcast uh nick again thanks for all you do for uh this podcast on a weekly basis and and for taking the time out today to be the guest instead very much appreciated
1: well bruce thanks for having me on the show it was a surprise today i was thought we were going to do your eighth podcast and i became your guest
0: <laughs> so uh it was an honor and it's an honor doing your show we d- we did do the eighth one so i want to formally thank my guest dominic pages be sure to check out his studio's website crystal blue sound studios they are at www.cbpro.net and again check out his band on on reverb nation they are at reverbnation.com slash crystal blue and don't forget of course to visit www.cbpro.net now hear this. Dot biz, b i z, as uh, the Canadians would say, and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about it. And I will, in closing, ask you this: if you like this podcast, it really would actually help a lot. If you take a minute or two to sign in to your iTunes account and uh, just post a short review on there and, and click on the stars for a rating as well. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with a song from today's guest, Dominic Pages. This one is called His Love Conquers All. There
2: comes a
0: time in everyone's life
2: When challenge shades your eyes And you don't understand Cause you're doing things right And the future looks so Questions swirl inside your head Your emotions hurt and your heart is on a thread You can't catch a breath Anxiety burns inside Just be strong. Carry on. Free yourself from the shadow of doubt. And the west is a hope. The drought. Reach for the stars. Keep.